Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Oh, does Vegas know something that we all don't? It's usually how we find out. It is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio in for Greeny today. We are also on ESPN Plus, not to mention your smart speaker. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Christopher Othella Canty, good morning. What up, big fella? Let's roll. We've got a lot to get to today, including a major, major ruse that is happening in Brooklyn. Two-a-days, we continue as we count down to training camp with the Giants and the Jets today. And Canty will give us his top five defensive duos and my guess is we will mock that list. It is all sitting in front of us right now, so let, let's get it going. Here we go! Go, go! Only one place to start. And that one place to start, Christopher, is with Vegas and the odds that continue to drop all of a sudden mysteriously on the Brooklyn Nets. Just to give you a little bit of perspective, going into the offseason, the Nets were at plus 600 next year to win a championship. Then the Kyrie drama really started to kick up and it dropped to plus 900. Then Kyrie comes back, opts in, plus 750. Durant, trade request, 35 to 1. Tuesday morning, that's yesterday, 50 to 1. And then, Chris, all of a sudden, last night, the odds jumped to 25 to 1, currently at 20 to 1. Something's going on here. And the reason we know that is because think about the NBA draft last week when leading up to it, everybody thought Jabari Smith was going to be the number one pick. And then all of a sudden, Vegas saw Paolo Bancaro jump from basically being the fourth choice to being the top choice at plus 100, almost even. And they turned out to be right, Chris. Are we reading too much into this? Does Vegas know something about Kevin Durant staying in Brooklyn that maybe we don't? Big fella, Vegas always knows more than we know. That's why they have those big, shiny buildings out in the desert. They didn't get there by no reason, and they weren't built with Monopoly money. So they have some insight, some information about this situation that's ongoing in Brooklyn. And Carlin, it leads me to believe that the Brooklyn Nets have taken a stance with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that the organization holds all of the leverage. They've got all the cards in this situation. Brooklyn doesn't have to be in a rush to acquiesce to Kevin Durant's trade demands or Kyrie Irving's desire to get out of town because those guys are under contract. Kyrie decided he wanted to opt in for the $37 million this season. He could have opted out and been a free agent. He could have made that decision. Kevin Durant locked into a long-term contract at the beginning of last year and is under his new deal for the next four seasons. So the Brooklyn Nets have maximum leverage. What is Kevin Durant going to do? Sit out his age 34 season? Not for a guy that's been known to love ball. So here's the thing, man. These guys, 
Although they are star players, they're both guys that you would consider in the top 15 of current NBA players. They don't have a ton of leverage in terms of being able to dictate to the Brooklyn Nets when this goes down and where they potentially get moved to. And both of them expressing the desire to play together, it seems like Brooklyn is the only obvious place that that could actually happen. Because if they get moved, chances are there's not going to be a team that can offer a trade package big enough where they can take on both Kyrie and KD and get the Brooklyn Nets exactly what they're looking for. I don't think there's any chance that either guy is playing for the Brooklyn Nets next year. But, to be fair, let's listen to Kendrick Perkins. Big Perk, ESPN's NBA analyst, on why he thinks Durant actually doesn't want to go anywhere. Let me channel my inner Brian Windhorst for a second. Okay, I'm looking (laughs) at it and I'm saying, why would KD want out? Okay, why would Kyrie go searching and seeing if a team would want to do a sign and trade and then all of a sudden he opt in into his contract? And then all of a sudden, once Kyrie Irving opts in into his contract, then Kevin Durant comes out and says, I want to be traded. He tells he, he tells the Brooklyn Nets he want to be traded. I'm to the point, and I came up to, with the conclusion that I don't believe Kevin Durant. I don't believe it at all. Matter of fact, it makes zero sense to me that he wants to be traded at this point. I don't believe he believes it. I think Kevin Durant is 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 doing this as a scare tactic in order to help Kyrie Irving have leverage to get him signed long-term with the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving's not getting a contract long-term from the Brooklyn Nets. They've made that clear. As far as what he would want in that kind of a deal, a max deal, that's not happening. The Nets have reached that breaking point, Chris, where they are not going to go back and now all of a sudden decide again to let Kyrie have his way. They've had enough, and I don't buy for a second that either of these guys, even though Vegas might have us think otherwise right now, is going to be on the roster at the beginning of the season. This is not a Ben Simmons situation where they will be willing to wait all next year. They have all the leverage, yes. However, they also need to move forward as an organization. It may be a month, it may be two months. I don't see it going into the year, absolutely not. Well, I understand their need to move forward as an organization, Carlin, but here's the thing. If you're Kyrie Irving, can you really make a stink if Brooklyn doesn't move you before the start of training camp? Can you really make, can you afford to make it a big deal? This is not about about Kyrie's value, though. But but let let me finish, Carlin. Let me finish my point. What I'm saying is Kyrie is in a contract year and he's got to go through. Uh, you know, a rehabilitation process when it comes to his image and how he's perceived around the NBA. He just has to in order to get the kind of contract that he's looking for next offseason. Because what he wants is not out there in the marketplace for him right now, Carl. And if it was, he would have opted out. So Kyrie has a lot of show and prove, and he may not want to do it in Brooklyn, but he may not have any other choice if the organization doesn't find a deal that's in the Nets' best interest. Now, As far as Kevin Durant is concerned, I can't rule out the possibility that KD is doing his friend a solid by trying to create more leverage for Kai with the Brooklyn Nets with this trade request. I I, I can't rule that out. Because if you think about it from a basketball standpoint, Carlin, if you're the Nets, you want to extract maximum value for a guy that's considered a top three player in the world. You have to. But I'm just not sure that you're going to be able to do that, number one, with the teams that are willing to make a Kevin Durant type of trade. And 
also with the Ben Simmons situation and knowing that you can't have two guys on designated rookie max extensions on your team at the same time. That limits the pool of players that Brooklyn can potentially bring back in a Kevin Durant trade. And we know this team is looking for one or two all-stars, some role players, and a bevy of picks and swaps. So I don't know that there is an actual deal out there that makes sense for the Brooklyn Nets right now for Kevin Durant. So for that reason, I could see a pathway for Kevin Durant to come back and play for the Brooklyn Nets. Because again, he's not going to sit out his age 34 season. He is in the heart of his prime. He has to play basketball. And for a guy that loves to hoop, I just don't see him calling the Brooklyn Nets bluff by not playing basketball this upcoming season, even if he's on the Nets. And Carlin, I go back to this, and I'm going to say it again because I think it goes understated. These two have already let it be known they want to continue to play together. What better place to do that than Brooklyn? Does that mean everything to them? Does it mean everything to them? I don't think so. I think, well, think about how Kevin Durant has backed Kyrie Irving at every turn in their three years in Brooklyn. And think about how clearly Kyrie that, Irving has done nothing to return the favor. Yeah, but clearly that friendship means something to Kevin Durant, who yeah. is the most important piece in all of this. Yeah, and he's so, completely blind to it, which is remarkable to me that that continues to be the case. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Chris, I will say this. I do believe that these guys are making these decisions in the moment meaning Durant and Kyrie. I don't think that these, you know, as enlightened as they want us all to believe they are, and as much as they want us to all know that they are smarter than we all are, I don't think they're taking a whole lot of time in making these decisions. I think they're snap decisions. Well, this isn't working. Get me out. Well, Kyrie didn't get his money. Well, let's let's get out of here then. Let's get somewhere else because I have that power and I can do that. If I'm the Nets considering that more than half the league called me as soon as it became clear that KD wanted out, I'm not going to worry about somebody being able to get a deal together, whether it's a two, three, or four-team trade uh, by the end of the summer, because those teams are going to want to have their guys' place and their plans in place, not just the Nets, but those teams. And they all know that you're not going to get Kevin Durant for 70 cents on the dollar. They all know that. Well, you could say they all know that, but teams aren't going to put together their best offer as soon as the trade demand comes down from KD. They're going to smoke the Nets out a little bit to see how desperate they are to move off of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving because make no mistake about it, the failure that the Brooklyn Nets have experienced over the last three years has left a stink on that organization. And so you, you wonder how much Josai, how much Sean Marks really want to move off of this tandem. And I, I got to say, Carlin, I, I don't know that this is going to be a rush move from this regime. I, I just don't see that. I see them being patient. I see them waiting back. And if they have to start training camp with both of those guys on the roster, then that's what it's going to be because both of those guys, for different reasons, don't have a ton of leverage in the situation. I get it. Star players run the NBA. But ultimately, because Durant is under contract for four more years and because Kyrie Irving is in a situation where he has to change his image in the NBA, I just feel like both of those guys have got to be motivated to put their best foot forward no matter where they play ball in 2022. And it could ultimately end up being the Nets just because there might not necessarily be the deal that the Nets see in terms of the return that they would get. 
that they could live with in terms of trying to get this thing and reboot it because the Nets have also let it be known they don't want to go into a full rebuild. They want to retool this thing, and they see Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving as assets to that end. It's Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio in for Grinny today. I also think it's it's cute that Kyrie wants to change the perception of him around the league as opposed to you know, changing what the reality is about him around the league, which is exactly the same thing. We will get to all of this, but really we want to know from you, are you buying that Kevin Durant and Kyrie could actually be back with the Nets? Can the Nets do that at this point? Are you believing Vegas that maybe that's on the table for that to happen? Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Your calls at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Up next, we also get into our two-a-days. NFL training camps are not that far off. Today, we are tackling the Jets and Giants Are the Giants actually salvageable for the upcoming season? We'll answer it in moments on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. NFL Two-A-Days continues on ESPN Radio. The New York Giants. With the fifth pick, the New York football Giants select Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end, Oregon. The problem with the Giants is this. Talk about a guy on the clock. Daniel Jones 
They don't pick up the fifth-year option, and they say, this is a prove-it year. Does a good job in the huddle, does a good job in the classroom. Just a, a guy that wants to be really good and is trying everything he can do to be the best he can. I think when you look at Saquon, it's redemption season. That's the vibe that I get. If you doubted me, stay on the other side of the table when I turn it around. It's all well and good. Prove-it year for Daniel Jones, Saquon, redemption. It's all great. The Giants don't look like a very good team. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and ESPN Plus. So as we start our two-a-days today with the New York Giants, Chris, I'm sorry. When we, when we get into Daniel Jones, so often we talk about quarterbacks that don't get their fifth-year option picked up, and all of a sudden it's a prove-it year. And what happens? Those guys are gone. They didn't get their fifth-year option picked up because we already knew what the answer to the question is. You can look at Daniel Jones in any way possible about what he hasn't had over the last several years. I don't believe for a minute that he can save his Giants career at this point. In other words, he's not going to go and have a massive season this year where it's going to turn things around because we just haven't seen it consistently enough. No, we haven't. And you're talking about a player that hasn't played all 16 regular season games or 17 now in any of the three seasons that he's been the starting quarterback. And you're also talking about a player that's had three different head coaches in a span of four years. So it hasn't necessarily been set up for Daniel Jones to have success. But one of the things that Dave Gettleman and company did last offseason was trying to eliminate all the excuses that they possibly could. They reshuffled the offensive line. They went out and got a number one receiver in Kenny Galladay. And regardless on what you think the returns on those investments were, it's up to Daniel Jones to at some point be a force multiplier because you took him with the top 10 pick. And he just hasn't shown the ability to consistently do that. And Carlin, the scariest thing for Giants fans right now has to be your quarterback looking up at the other three starting quarterbacks in the division. But frankly, that's where I think the Giants are. You're talking about Carson Wentz with the Commanders, who was a failed quarterback in Philly and a failed quarterback with Indianapolis. You're talking about Jalen Hurts in his first full season as a starter, taking the Philadelphia Eagles to the playoffs, and then, of course, Dak Prescott with the Dallas Cowboys. This is not the place that Giants fans thought they would be with their quarterback spot when they drafted Daniel Jones in the first round in 2019. It's not. But that's where you are, and you have to be honest about where you are. So could Daniel Jones potentially turn it around? I I guess you can say he could. I'd never want to bet against the sports character because I know the kid personally. I also would bet on Brian Daybowl being able to get the best that Daniel Jones has to offer. But, Carlin, I wonder what that ceiling is for Daniel Jones and whether it's going to be good enough for the Giants to pass on an opportunity to draft one of those signal callers coming out of the college ranks in 2023. And based on all the early mock drafts, everybody is saying as many as six quarterbacks could be drafted in the first round of 2023. That's the bar that Daniel Jones has to clear. If he doesn't show that he could definitively be the second-best quarterback in this division, I could see a world where the Giants decide that they're going to move on from him after this season. Chris, if those six quarterbacks were in the draft this past year, they would have taken one of them. They, they absolutely would have been ready to move on from Daniel Jones. Now, I think, thankfully, that wasn't the case just because you had a chance to get a few other players that were going to make you better. That you got Kayvon Thibodeau, that you got Evan Neal, who I, I absolutely love Evan Neal. I, I do at tackle. I think he's going to be terrific for them. I think the Giants have their two tackles 
for the next 10 years. And that's an incredibly positive development considering the offensive line and what that's been over the last 10 years, frankly. And then with Thibodeau, I think he's going to have a chance to be a special type of pass rusher. And as we know, the second most important position on the field is edge rusher and the guy that can absolutely ruin the game with one swat of the football. No doubt about it. And the Giants have been looking for that pressure player off the edge for a really long time. They haven't had it since the O.C. Yora, Justin Tuck, JPP days of Giants football. And so for them to get Kayvon Thibodeau, who is an electric personality, a guy that, that has those leadership qualities that you're looking for in your locker room, but also has the production on the field to back it up, I thought that was an outstanding pick for where the Giants are at. And again, when we start talking about Giants in the years that they've been successful and made championship runs – They've been strong in the trenches, Carlin. That has been the identity of this franchise when they've been good, when they've had sustained success. Their offensive line and their defensive lines had led the way. And so I hope that the Giants can get back to that. But Daniel Jones is going to have to give you competent quarterback play, and you're going to have to start getting something from Saquon Barkley. And I'm not not saying it has to be what we saw in the first couple of years, uh, Carlin, of Saquon's career. But it certainly can't be what we saw last year or the year before. Well, that's where I'm going next. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Nature Valley has helped restore access to 10,000 miles of national park trails and counting. Because everyone deserves to experience what's out there. Like your kids, their kids, even their kids' kids. So head over to your local park trail to see for yourself. Nature Valley, life happens out there. Saquon Barkley, Chris... Look, the Giants should not trade him now. It makes absolutely no sense to do that. You may as well give him the opportunity to come back. There is always the discussion of when you are coming back off of an ACL that it really is two full seasons until you are back to being what you were prior to the injury. So you get an opportunity here, if you're Barkley, to show that you can still do it. But it just continues to compound the mistake that was made by Dave Gettleman with Barkley. We know what he is capable of doing. We have seen it his rookie year. I just don't think it's fair to expect it to come back anywhere near that level, especially this year. The one thing, though, Chris, is you have to, with Daniel Jones, if he's going to have any success, make sure that Barkley is back in that 70 to 80 uh Uh, 80 catch type of season so that it really truly is helping Jones have more success. Well, that's the word on the street, Carlin. In OTAs and minicamp, moving Saquon Barkley around, having him be the ultimate satellite running back. And what I mean by that is not only is he at the own position in the backfield, but he's in the slot, he's playing out wide, just continuing to move him around the formation, puts pressure on opposing defenses, but it also gives him the opportunity to get the ball in space. And we know Saquon Barkley in one-on-one situations, he can make guys miss. The only question is, can he hold up with the volume of touches that you want to get him, both as a receiver and as a running back? And and Carlin, I can't say with any degree of confidence that he is going to hold up. So I I don't know where this season goes for Saquon Barkley, but it's going to be a huge year in terms of this new regime making a determination on whether or not he's going to be a part of the long-term future. The other thing we got to keep in mind, Carlin, there is no allegiance with this regime towards Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones because they didn't draft those guys. Those are not their guys. So if those guys show and prove this year that they should be a part of the future for the Giants, 
all well and good. But if they don't, then I could see a world where the Giants are not only moving from on from one of them, but they could be moving on from both of them. Nick in Manhattan is up on the phone lines on the Giants. Nick, you're on ESPN Radio. What's up, bud? Okay, judging um, Daniel Jones, I think it's only fair to judge him by his rookie year where he had the same offensive line 13 out of 16 games. The last two years have been chaos, and I don't think he's had a fair shot. So you're right. This year is a, is it a make it or break it year for him, um, and I think he's going to make it. He had a great rookie year. He had a, a solid rookie year when he played, and I think it's fair to say that the offensive line situation has been a complete mess, and that doesn't help. But Chris Life It is, doesn't help, Carlin, but what was the offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals yes, last year? Yes, exactly. What was that offensive line? They were awful. They and gave Joe up, Burrow, what, all he did was some sacks last year? Yeah, and all Joe Burrow did was lead the NFL in completion exactly. percentage on the way to taking that team to the Super Bowl. Now, well, I, guess my, I guess my whole point on Daniel Jones is we understand the offensive line hasn't been very good. We understand there's been a lot of turnover at the head coaching spot in the organization. But you are talking about a guy that was the sixth overall pick. You take a guy that high, Carlin, because he can overcome some of the deficiencies on your team. You can't wait for it to all be perfect before you evaluate the quarterback. And that's been the biggest issue with Daniel Jones. Again, I go back to this statistic. 50 total touchdowns to 49 total turnovers. Carla, that ain't good enough. No. For every touchdown he's turning the ball over, it's not good enough. You know the other thing that's not good enough? The lack of availability. You gotta be available. That's the best ability in the National Football League. Herman Edwards said it best. Best ability, availability. Daniel Jones has missed time in each of the three seasons he's been a starting quarterback. At some point, you gotta stay healthy for the entire season. Look. If you want to say life isn't fair for Daniel Jones, that's fine. Life isn't fair in the NFL. A lot of times when you're a quarterback that is drafted highly, you are going to go through a second coach in a relatively short amount of time because your team was bad to begin with, and you're not going to walk in the door and fix them. So chances are you're looking for another head coach and another offensive coordinator quickly. Carlin, I hate to use Baker Mayfield as the example because we're talking about a guy that's on the outs after being the number one overall pick. But didn't Baker Mayfield go to the playoffs with his third head coach in four yeah, seasons? Yeah, he did. He did. Th- a- didn't he win a playoff game under Life those ain't circumstances? Fair. Life ain't fair, and you have to show it sooner rather than later in the NFL now as we welcome in our ESPN NFL reporter Dan Graziano, insider as well, to join us and get in on this conversation. Dan, it's Canty and Carlin. And, and with Daniel Jones here, we all understand what he has had to deal with in his first three seasons. But at the same time, how do you evaluate him where he is right now and if he truly can be a long-term solution for the Giants? Yeah, I just think this year is, is just vital for him. I mean, look, if you look at his numbers, I mean, you know, interceptions and fumbles have gone down each year. Like, that's not nothing, right? Like, the, the last coaching staff felt like they were getting that particular part of his problem under control um so he you know he has shown a little bit in that arena but i mean they didn't pick up the fifth year option for 2023 and they've basically gone to daniel jones and said this is it man you have this year to show us and so fair or not uh, he's got a lot to prove this year because they're going to decide about him once it's over whether they have to go get somebody else whether they're willing to sign him long term you know whether they're willing to give him another year or two those decisions all await at the end of this year. 
And what's in the bank, you guys are absolutely right, on Daniel Jones has raised more questions than it's answered. Uh, so this is the year for him to, to answer some of them for a new coaching staff. Dan, based on what you're hearing, what are the expectations from ownership in year one of Brian Daybold and Joe Shane? Look, I mean, they need to, you know, they need to, they need, they need to show something, right? They need to win some games. It's not, I mean, John Mara has talked about this publicly. Like, he grew up, it was a, he remembers being a child at a time when the Giants were not only bad, but irrelevant. And he never wanted to preside over that kind of era again. And it, it pains him that he does, right? <laughs> I mean, this is, they, they've been, they have not been a, a good or important NFL team for, for a very long time. And they need to see something that makes them feel really good about the future. Now, see, the first year of Ben McAdoo, they won 11 games, and they felt like, oh, this is something, right, we can build on. And that fell apart. Then Sherman never got it going. Then Judge never got it going. So uh, they need – basically, Dayball is going to need to win enough in his first couple of years to, to break them out of this cycle of, you know, changing coaches every two years. So, so they think, like – they went to Buffalo where there's been a lot of success. They got two guys that are very well regarded that were a big part of the success the Bills have had the last few years, and they feel like these guys are capable of transferring that here. I don't think you have to be a playoff team in year one to keep your job, but, man, I think the Giants' ownership is just desperate to see something that makes them feel really, really positive about the direction the team's going because it's been a while. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider, joining Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio and on ESPN Plus. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Dan, the other team that we have in our two-a-days today is the New York Jets. So, quite simply, what is the single biggest factor for Zach Wilson to take a big step forward this coming year? Just, I think, responsibility with the ball, right? I mean, like, they, they felt like late last year that they had ironed out some of his issues with downfield decision-making and, and, and uh, you know, and just putting the ball in trouble. Now, a lot, a lot of the way they did that was to, to take a lot less risk, right? And so they felt like – but they felt like they got Zach Wilson to the end of the year and he wasn't turning it over and he wasn't just – his head wasn't spinning all the time, that that would be a positive and they can get him this offseason and, and put more on his plate. So the thing with the Jets that I always try to remind people is they brought in a young and inexperienced coaching staff to coach this young, inexperienced quarterback. And I don't mean just a rookie. Like, Zach Wilson was was not a very experienced college football quarterback when the Jets drafted him. So this was always going to take some time. I think there's a real... I, I think there's a real interest in seeing how he looks when he gets out on the field this year in terms of what he's doing better than he did last year. Because I think last year they chalk up to a guy who was really swimming, you know, who was really kind of uh, thrown in the deep end all at once and, um, and, and see how he handles it. And now they want to see what, what he takes from last year with the experience of playing in the NFL uh, and how he applies that to this year. But it goes for Mike LaFleur. It goes for Robert Sala as well. I mean, those guys are growing along with him. So if you're a Jets fan – I don't think you love hearing that, but it's the reality. And I think what you want to see is, you know, the lessons of last year having been learned to an extent that, that, that allows for greater success this year. I know they're excited about the draft class, uh, not just the first round, but the running back, Brees Hall, if they took in the second. They feel like they're putting a bunch of stuff around Zach Wilson to help him be successful. 
you know, the big the pass rusher they signed from the Bengals last year that never played. You know, if, if he's back, that helps the defense as well as the other draft picks, the high draft picks. So they, they have reason to be happy about their roster. Now it's a matter of can the quarterback and the coaching staff kind of develop in a way that, that, that looks like they're going to be able to maximize it. Talking with ESPN NFL reporter Dan Graziano on Greeny. And Dan, from Zach Wilson to the guys up front, that'll be protecting Zach Wilson. Uh, we got to talk about Makai Becton. You know, he hasn't been around the team for the majority of the offseason because he was expecting the birth of his first child. Uh, he reported the minicamp, and the reports from minicamp were that he was overweight, and this is coming off of a season that was injury-riddled in 2021. What exactly are the Jets banking on from Makai Becton this upcoming season? What are the things that Rob Sala and Joe Douglas want to see from him? Well, I think they'd like to see him not be overweight. Um, I've been told the same things you guys are hearing about that, and it sounds like a, a, an unfortunate situation that, you know, the Jets are kind of they're at a point where they're not sure what to do about it anymore. So uh, does he play on the left side? Does he play on the right side? Does he have to be a guard? Like there's all kinds of questions about this guy and what they're going to be able to do with him. But my understanding is there's frustration on the coaching staff that he hasn't been able to keep himself in shape and he hasn't performed at a level that justifies where he was picked. So I don't know, uh, Chris. I mean, like, you know, can a guy get himself in shape between minicamp and training camp to the point where the coaching staff changes its opinion of him and feels better about it? I know he's got the backing of the front office that drafted him, but, you know, it's a production business. If, they, if they, he's not one of their best five offensive linemen, then they're going to have a tough decision to make about him. Danny, great stuff. We appreciate the time, as always, and the insight. All right, thank you. I, I just realized I said Chris without specifying. I was talking to Canty, but uh, you know, either one. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, we're kind of interchangeable at this Carlin's point. been known to there get himself go. in shape between minicamp and training camp. No, He's I have known not. Him. He's been known yeah. for that. I really, yeah, I, I hesitate <laughs> to criticize Mackay Becton over that. <laughs> Thanks, Danny. Right. Well, anyway, Chris, has enjoyed talking to you. Take care. Thanks. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider. Yeah, there is a little problem with me criticizing somebody for not being in shape, but I'll I'll find a way. I'll find a way to well, Carl, do it. Well, Carlin, round is a shape. So there you go. <laughs> it's just not the shape you want to be if you're playing left tackle in the NFL. Well, but, here's, the, here's the crazy part. I don't know that he's going to be playing left tackle. Because I don't right think he now, is either. The Jets have George Fant listed as their starting left yeah. tackle, and they've got Makai Becton on the yeah. right side. So that's going to be something to watch early on in training camp, Carlin. I'm telling you, man, if this guy comes in in shape, that completely changes the complexion of that Jets offensive line. But if he's not in shape, then all of a sudden the Jets have a big hole that they weren't anticipating having to fill on the eve of the season kicking off. One hour from now, we will get into the Jets in our second two-a-day. Meanwhile, the 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and you can be there to catch all the action live with vivid seats. Get out to the ballpark, experience every home run, every web gem, every walk-off, and with vivid seats rewards, you'll start earning free tickets from your very first purchase. Buy 10 tickets, get the 11th one free. It's like getting 10% back on every ticket from the box seats to the bleachers vivid seats has you covered with tickets at great prices all summer long just visit vividseats.com or download the app today vivid seats life happens live up next chris canty rates his top five defensive duos in the nfl his top pick is going to make some people happy and make a lot of people very unhappy we'll tell him why he's wrong about it that's coming up Canty and Carlin, in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. 
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. If there was $25 million on the line, I would pay somebody to move in with me and hit me with an electric shock every time I reach for a Twinkie. I, I really would. I would do everything I had to do, Mackay Beck, and do it. I mean, yeah, I, I just don't, I don't understand it, big fella. I don't understand it. I, we'll get it more into no it with the Jets in just a little bit. As we said, uh, in 45 minutes, they will be our next in the series of two-a-days on ESPN Radio. It is Canty and Carlin in for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. For all the ones who get it done, Granger is always there to help. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 24-7 support, free access to product specialists, and experienced staff at over 250 levels local branches. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. So Christopher Canty had a little time on his hands and decided that he was going to rank the top five defensive duos in the NFL. Are you ready? I am ready, Carlin, and just to provide a little more context, I just felt like with all the lists that Keyshawn was making up... Oh, this has got to be a, better than I, a Keyshawn I, I could do a little bit better than Keyshawn. Uh, listen, yeah. I mean, you know, anybody could do better. I mean, but, anybody could do but, better but than Carlin, a Keyshawn. But, Carlin, we list. also got to remember what this list was inspired by. It was inspired by one Micah Parsons, who was saying that eventually he felt like him and Trevon Diggs could be the best defensive duo in the National Football League. Good for you. So it just made me think, what are the best defensive duos in the National Football League? And it's time for us to get it going. At number five, we got Cam Jordan and Marshawn Lattimore from the New Orleans Saints. Now, Cam Jordan finished tied with Aaron Donald at seventh in sacks last season with 12 and a half. And Marshawn Lattimore has finished third in passes defended. They've anchored a Saints defense that has finished in the top ten three of the last five years. So Marshawn Lattimore, Cam Jordan, outstanding defensive tandem for the New Orleans Saints. Keeping it pushing at number four. Number four. 
J.C. Jackson and Joey Bosa from the L.A. Chargers. And, Carlin, let me be clear on this one. The L.A. Chargers had a couple of other defenders that you could have put with Khalil Mack and Derwin James. But I went with J.C. Jackson and Joey Bosa just because of what I've seen from those two guys over the past three years. So J.C. Jackson has the most picks in the NFL over the last three seasons. 22 picks, Carlin. That's a lot of interceptions. Mm-hmm. And Joey Bosa, over that same span, finished ninth in sacks with 29 and a half. Both of those guys get after it in their own right. We know how Russian coverage works together. I look for them to make a huge step in terms of both of their productivities. Because remember, Joey Bosa now has Khalil Mack on the opposite edge. So offensive lines can't slide the protection all on Joey Bosa's side. And then, of course, if you got those two guys rushing off the edge and getting after the quarterback... That means a lot of errant passes for J.C. Jackson and Derwin James to take advantage of in the back end. So I only look for J.C. Jackson and Joey Bosa to improve their standing as one of the best defensive duos in the NFL. Number three. Number three. I mean, Carlin, how could you not have the reigning defending sack champ on this list, right? Mm -hmm. T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward, the Pittsburgh Steelers, checking in at my third best defensive duo. T.J. Watt led the NFL in sacks last year with 22 and a half, and Cam Hayward, according to PFF, was the number two graded interior defensive lineman behind, guess who? One Aaron Donald. People don't realize this, big fella, but Cam Hayward is a damn good football player, son of Ironhead Hayward. I mean, this guy absolutely gets it done. Doesn't get enough credit because he doesn't always have the gaudy statistics, but he is an impact player for the Pittsburgh Steelers, no doubt. Okay, so what we will do is we will hold off on the top two defensive duos in the National Football League, according to Chris Canty, and we will have them for you in five minutes. So you're going to want to keep it right here. The list so far, I like it, and I was about to say you could pick other guys from the Chargers, but you're way ahead of me. Way ahead of me. So I'm ahead of Keyshawn in terms of the validity of my list. Oh, so far, yeah. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.